Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, everything in between, welcome to the Kevin Clifton Show. Uh, I've got a wicked guest on the show this week. Um, so my guest this week is none other than Rhiannon Chesterman, who is the leading lady on The Wedding Singer, which is the musical that I'm in at the moment. Um, she's super talented, brilliant singer, brilliant actor. I've worked with her before on Rock of Ages, and now this is the second time that we're working together, and I'm very lucky to be uh, playing Robbie Hart opposite her, Julia Sullivan. Um, and uh, here she is in my dressing room. Good. Welcome to the show, Rhiannon. This is very exciting. <laughs> I never get asked to do interviews, so it's all new to me. It's well, fun. We should. Mm, it's um, fun. Yeah, we want to hear what you've got to say. And it's, it's is it Rhiannon or Rhiannon? Well, it's a Welsh name, and so if a Welsh person would say Rhiannon. Rhiannon. But I know it's our director, Ryan, always calls you Rhiannon. Rhiannon. Yeah. But I am Northern Irish, yeah. um, and I just say Rhiannon. Uh, yeah. Rhiannon. Yeah, whatever. Re, re, re. re, re Rio. I get, Rio. I get it all. My, my nickname from birth was Rio, but spelled R H I O. Okay, yeah. Rio. Rio. But I'll oh. answer to Rhiannon or Rhiannon. Okay. Either or. <laughs> Are you from Belfast? Um, yeah, I'm about yeah. 12 miles. I don't know why I said Belfast. Belfast. <laughs> Belfast. <laughs> um, I went to school in Belfast, but okay. I'm from Hillsborough, which is about oh. 12 or 13 miles outside of. Belfast. Okay. Yeah, so it's a little village. Mm. It's lovely. Yeah, I like I like Belfast. I liked it when we went there with Rock of Ages. Yeah, it's yeah. great. It's so exciting to get home and get to do shows there. Although the Opera House is undergoing renovations at the moment, so it's closed. Okay. But okay. it's reopening next year. You were there over Christmas. Yeah. Well, I wasn't at the Opera House, but I was in Belfast. Yeah. I was at the Lyric Theatre in the Belfast, Theater. which is just up the road, which okay. is like a, an in-house production mostly. Theatre, so yeah. we they rehearsed, we rehearsed there, yeah. and then we put on a show there. Mm. So I was there all Christmas. Peter Pan, wasn't it? Peter Pan the Musical, Peter written Pan by musical. Paul Alexander Boyd. Yeah. And it was such a lovely show. People keep saying, oh, how was Panto? I was like, it wasn't it's actually, not a Panto. It wasn't actually yeah. a Panto. <laughs> um, because there are obviously a lot of Peter Pan Pantos, yeah, but this yeah, one yeah. was not a Panto. Although yeah. I love Panto. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. My sister did a panto this this Christmas. Oh yeah! Love to see her in that as Cinderella. You you, you know uh, my sister a bit, don't you? Like yeah, do, we know each other from we've met a couple of times, yeah. and we know each other on social media. Yeah. 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 Because I, I, I still don't give you them puzzles. Oh no! My sister gave me some jigsaw <laughs> puzzles to give to you, and I just there's one part of me going, oh no, I didn't give her them puzzles, and there's the other part going. Is that just boring though anyway? No, like, I hey, want, I some want. jigsaw puzzles. <laughs> so at one point I commented on Joanne's Instagram because she was doing jigsaw puzzles and I didn't have any. I still don't have any, but I always fancy doing some jigsaw puzzles. And she said, I'll give some to Kev to give to you. Oh, God's but sake. you've still got them. My sister is the most boring person in the world. That's not true. Yeah, jigsaws aren't boring. <laughs> I would love to do it through them so if you pass them over all right yeah i think we've still got them <laughs> <laughs> um so at the moment we're playing in the wedding singer yeah we are robbie and robbie and julia mm -hmm. um it's been a bit of a whirlwind hasn't yeah it? yeah so what we started sort of what first week of January? five minutes ago yeah 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 went into a few weeks of rehearsals and then uh and then now we're open we've just had open, gala yeah. night and now now it's it feels like the home stretch because we're yeah. only on till the 1st of March. Yeah, yeah, I know. It's weird, like, doing such a short run. I kind of wish it was longer. Me too, because 
we're just getting, well, I, I feel like we've got into it now, but we're yeah. having a lovely time. It's such an incredible company. Yeah, I feel that. Everyone is so good at what they do. Mm. And it's, I mean, often in shows, everyone's so good at what they do, but particularly this one. Yeah. Everyone's incredible. Yeah, I feel that. And also everyone's really nice. Yes. Like it just everyone's feels lovely. like a very settled cast, even though yeah. we've only just started. Yeah. Like it's very like, there doesn't seem to be any divas or any, you know. No. Anyone maybe, kicking off. Maybe being, it's us, are we the divas? I don't think are so. Are we the yeah. divas? Maybe. <laughs> we could be. I'm we aren't divas at all. <laughs> um, so with The Wedding Singer, what, what sort of attracted you to, to doing it? Like, like I don't know, is, is the honest answer like like most of us, we're just like, we're always on the look, we're self-employed, we're well, looking yeah, for work. always or looking is, for work. Well, I have never played a lead part in my own right in a musical. Mm. I say that. Which is scandalous. <laughs> Thank you. But I say that. It's kind of true, kind of not true. I've done smaller musicals where mm. I've played leads, but this is a big, large-scale yeah. musical, and I have often covered before. I worked mm. my way up. And and so to be offered this part is very exciting for me. I've mm. never, I've never, I have been on a poster before, but I was just, I was ensemble, but I just happened to be on the poster. Yeah. Um, so it's so exciting to be on the poster. Mm. For, so what attracted to me, me to this was just the part. Mm. And... Like you said, any job, really. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when I, I didn't know who was going to be doing it. I didn't know that much about it, apart from I love the film. Mm-hmm. Um, I watched the film, like, years ago, and, and, and it's one of them sort of guilty pleasure films. And um, I, I didn't know I was doing it until quite late. Mm-hmm. I, I was thinking, I'm either going to take some time off at the beginning of the year, because yep. I need it, <laughs> or... You do. Um, or... Um, <laughs> maybe do the Strictly tour, you know, because Stacey's hosting it and stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, I don't know, a couple of things happened with the Strictly tour, so it looked like I probably wasn't going to be doing that. Um, and then suddenly I got this call going from my agent going, do you fancy playing Robbie Hart in The Wedding Singer? And I was like, yes, I was like really <laughs> excited about it. Um, but then I knew nothing about it for ages. And then I had a conversation with someone, who was it? Uh, it might have been... It might have been Lucas Rush or I got someone. I had a conversation with someone and, and they went, oh, do you know who's in the cast? And so uh, I said, no. And they went, oh, at least you've got a couple of like from Rock of Ages. Mm-hmm. I went, oh, brilliant. That, that, that's amazing. And they said, because Rhiannon's playing Julia, isn't she? <laughs> I was like, you're kidding. Rhiannon's playing Julia. Yeah. And, and, and said, yeah. And, and I could not have been happier. Oh, that's nice. Because it was one, it's like someone I know, but also, <clears throat> you know, you're brilliant. And, and it's like, okay, someone that I sort of completely trust on stage yeah. and, 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 you know, have a little bit of a relationship with already. And like, I immediately felt calm about the whole thing, knowing that you were going to be playing Julia. Oh, that's very kind. Yeah. Well, I, I like the fact that we, because a lot of this cast have done it before. Mm. I like the fact that both of us hadn't done it before. Yeah. So we got to learn it together. Yeah, that's And nice. I thought that was nice. But I yeah. only found out about it just before Christmas as well. Yeah. So... I don't know when you found out, but mine was just before Christmas. Mm. And so it was all very exciting and I was thrilled, thrilled. Yeah. Um, and when I found out you were doing it, I was thrilled because it was... Ooh, you like, don't have to say that. Just no, it's true, it. it's true, it's <laughs> true. This part is so good for you. Like, you are Robbie Hart. Ooh. I have seen the film, but yeah. I, don't, I don't know it yeah. that well. I obviously now know the musical a lot better. Um, Did you watch the film again in preparation for this? I only watched it because it was on TV. Okay. I didn't search it, didn't out, seek it out, but I was at. I probably would have, to be honest. Yeah. Um, 
I had seen it before, but I thought, well, it's on TV, might as well watch it. To be honest, I don't know if I got to the end. Mm. Um, I did enjoy it, but you know, Christmas, busy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, But I didn't want to like copy the character. That's so the I thing, just, isn't it? So I, I got the gist. Mm. I just had a little a little nod. Oh, that's who she is. Yeah. That's, that's how I felt. Like, like I did watch it again, just in preparation, just to sort of remind myself of like the tone of it. Yeah. And... Um, but then I also felt like I've got to be careful here not to just do an impression of Adam Sandler. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Which you like, aren't at all. You've made it up your not. own. I hope not. Because I think that would be the easy thing to do is just copy everything that he does. Yeah. And um, yeah, and then you end up doing an impression of Adam Sandler playing a part rather than exactly. being Robbie Hart. I feel like it's fine to watch movies and things that I've uh, made into musicals just to get the gist. But as long as you don't base your character on it then yeah just do what feels naturally i think yeah because that's what I, I was listening to um i listened to this movie podcast and when they were talking about um you know when the, the latest mary poppins film came out mm-hmm. they were talking about how um i'm forgetting her name that the girl that's playing mary poppins in the new film um i can see her face I yeah um what's her name they're saying oh you know, she didn't get it quite right. She's not the same as, as someone, like an audience member had commented. Mm-hmm. You know, she's not, she hasn't done it like Julie Andrews. But then the people that run the movie podcast, um, Mark Kermode and Simon Mayer, they were saying, but she's not there to play Julie Andrews. Yeah. She's there to play Mary Poppins. Exactly. And it's like she has to be true to the character and to the book that it's based on. And this was a more like accurate portrayal of that character. And yeah. I think sometimes if there's a film out, people expect that, You've got to be just like that person. Mm. I um, I loved her in it. Why can't I remember her name? I haven't but, seen it yet. Oh, it's great. Is it? Yeah. Highly recommend it. Yeah. But things like, obviously we did Rock of Ages together. My mm. character in Rock of Ages, I played Regina. She's not even in the film. No, that's right. So, yeah. it's, so it's different. Yeah. Everything, each piece of art is different. There's different yeah. incarnations every time you do it, even if it's the same story. Yeah. And... This wasn't going to be my first question, but like it always <laughs> happens, we go off on tangents and stuff. But, um, but just because I'm mad interested and because and this is my third musical, but second sort of big part. Rock of Ages was the first one where I had a sort of big part. And mm-hmm. then this is obviously my, my first lead. So I'm mad interested in the whole like acting process. And like, so your preparation for playing Julia, yep. like where do you start? And like how much of yourself do you bring to the character is that a thing for you that's interesting or do you just go who who is julia or do you find the parts of you that might be in julia or... i go with who is julia okay and then without getting too deep i enjoy like emotional recall so i'll think okay. about a time when i've been upset and yeah. so i'll think about that in rehearsals i don't necessarily think about it every time in the show because yeah and i don't take i don't want to take the show home with me if it happens to be a sad part yeah. or something so in rehearsals, I'll think about when I was sad, and so I can recall that, if mm. it's a sad moment, recall that in the, for Julia, or if she's happy, or if one time, obviously Julia's really drunk at one point, I can think about a time I was really drunk, which <laughs> I don't drink very much, so that's, <laughs> there aren't very many of those. But um, without being too deep, I enjoy emotional recall. And for, and when I was younger, I used to feel bad that I didn't do more like research outside of, outside of the rehearsal room or whatever. Yeah. But it's not, we're not doing 
incredibly deep shows here. Mm. Although it, comedy comes from a place of truth, yeah. which I try to keep it as truthful as I can. Mm. But I saw an interview with Olivia Coleman the other day. Okay. It was her. It was on the Graham Norton show. It was her and um, Helena Bonham Carter. Yeah. And they are so different. And they were both talking about how they have such different processes. Like Helena does all of the research, and I was like, oh gosh, I. Am I am I not good enough? Because I don't, I don't do any yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But then Olivia was like, I don't do any of that. I just turn up and do my job. So she doesn't do any research. Well, according to this interview, she doesn't do much research. Mm. And so I was like, yeah, I am more about the just whatever feels right in the rehearsal room. Mm. So I don't necessarily go away and think about it too too in depth. Yeah. I'm not sure if that answered your no, question. No, 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 that, no. That's wicked. Like, that's, but, it's really interesting for me. Yeah, because yeah. I think there are there are loads of different ways of going about it. And um, who was who it? I saw an interview with someone as well that was... It might have been Denzel Washington or someone like that. I might be doing him a massive disservice, because like, <laughs> it might not be him at all. But um, it was someone like Denzel Washington had, had said in, in, in an interview. It was a high-profile actor who, mm-hmm. you know, a really well-respected actor. Yeah. And And they said he was being asked about, like preparation for the character and how much she like goes into it and you know researching a backstory for the character and all of this stuff yeah um you know do you know what the character's favorite color is and what he did last christmas and you know and all of that stuff and 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 he said i don't do any of that i turn up on set and i read the script on set like i've read it once before Yeah, yeah but then i turn up on set with the script and i read through the scenes and then i go into the scene and do the scene yeah, and I, say the lines. I like that approach. <laughs> that blew me away because because yeah. you know you read all the, all the other stories on the other side of it of like Heath Ledger preparing for the Joker yeah. locked himself away for a yeah. month and didn't see anybody and just stayed in a hotel room on his own for a month and went nuts. Yes, you no. know. Well, I think it's important to know the boundaries of your character. Know like you can know where she's from and have the right accent if that's necessary or whatever. Yeah. But within those boundaries, you can just play around. That's the fun of it, mm. I think. Yeah, yeah. I don't need to know what she had for breakfast. No. Okay. No. <laughs> um, do you feel that there are parts of Rhiannon in Julia? Or... Oh, definitely. Yeah. But I don't think that's... I think that's just because we're similar. I mm. don't, I've only brought them to her because we happen to be similar characters. I don't do that. You wouldn't necessarily do it with wouldn't every nec- character. No, for example, myself and Regina in Rock of Ages are very different. Right. <laughs> I am not, although I have beliefs and I sign up for them, I'm not a protester. Like, I wouldn't, mm. I wouldn't really, I'm slightly more reserved than that. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it just, it's a coincidence that myself and Julia are similar. And so obviously there are elements that are the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've brought the character. Hmm. Yeah. Yeah, but I wouldn't always do that. For example, I've played Frenchie in... Greece. Did you? Okay. Yeah. Cool. And she, I, I guess, she's goofy, but I don't necessarily think I'm that goofy in real life. Maybe mm. I am. No, no, no. I don't know. <laughs> we had similar voices. Yeah. Frenchie has a high squeaky voice and I got one too, so. Well, speaking of that. Speaking of high squeaky voices. Yeah. So let's <laughs> let's talk about reviews. So we've, we've been having interesting conversations on, on the group uh, WhatsApp, the wedding singer group WhatsApp at the moment, because we just had our gala night. Mm-hmm. And that's when the press come in and sort of tell do us their what thing. they think. Tell us what they think because they're experts. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
and I say that with a slight hint of sarcasm. <laughs> um, so, I when it comes to review, do you read reviews or not? I do. You do. Mm-hmm. See, I I don't. I used to a lot, yeah. and I, and I, it used to really worry me, and it used to be my everything. Like, what? Oh my god, what are they going to say about me? Because my whole being depends on this, mm-hmm. like about what they're saying on me. Um, it's only recently, actually, I'm getting a bit better at that, about letting go of all that and yeah. just focusing on what I'm doing and whatever they've got to say is what they've got to say and that's that's them. Yeah. You know, that's that's their opinion and it's nothing to do with me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, like, it's, I think reviews have been, from what I gather, like a mixed bag. Yep. Um, and our director, Ryan, who has been... Unbelievably brilliant. So amazing to work with. So incredible. He got a bit upset about a couple of the Mm -hmm. bad reviews. Yeah. And was saying on the group last night, you know, I feel like I've got to take it as, I've got to take responsibility for it and I feel like I'm letting you down. And we all piled in like, absolutely not. You're brilliant. And we're all having an amazing time. But, um, what I, what I really found interesting was um, a, a girl who's in the show, Laurie, mm-hmm. um, she made the comment about, um, she said ago. she stopped yeah. reading reviews 10 years ago when she got a review saying that her American accent wasn't good enough. Yep. And, and she's American. Laurie is very much American. So, <laughs> yeah. so her accent is on point. Yeah. So, I, I, yeah. so you got... Uh, a review because I saw you tweet yeah. something. <laughs> well, uh, so I'll start with yeah. I read the reviews because I just like to know what people think. I don't yeah. take them to heart at all. Okay, that's not good. at all. I I honestly couldn't care less. So it doesn't affect you, like not whether it's good or bad. I mean, obviously, if someone says I'm rubbish, I'm like, oh, okay, fine. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. You're human. Yeah. But I I don't take it to heart at all because I know I maybe it's a confidence thing or maybe it's I, I don't think it's big headed. I I'm assured I know that I'm doing a good job in mm. this. And so perhaps if I wasn't secure in myself and I didn't feel like I was right for a part or something, then it, I might take it to heart. Right. But for this job, I think, I think I'm well suited to the part and I think I'm doing it well. Yeah, so, you're absolutely yeah. So I'm reading them and I'm like, oh, okay, that's what you thought. I don't think that. Yeah. Um, so I read them purely out of interest and I find them funny because mm. a lot of them, they take themselves so seriously yeah, yeah, yeah. and I find that amusing. Yeah. Um, and I like to know what other people think, but at the end of the day, the only people that matter are the audience members that have bought tickets and they're all laughing and clapping. So I think, I think yeah. we're doing all right. Um, but I... I have a high voice. <laughs> it just it's just the way it is. And if anything, as Julia, I lower my voice on stage compared to like yeah. my voice in real life. It's always been that way. Um, and if anything, it makes me be able to sing better. So I'm mm-hmm. happy to have it. Um, <laughs> but one of the reviews it was in the stage, and everyone and that is a that is a reputable outlet for mm-hmm. reviews. You would think mm. normally. Mm. Um, I'm not saying hers wasn't a reputable review. She has her opinion. She can say what she likes. Um, but I, she said that I had adopted a squeaky speaking voice. Like for it the, was a choice. Like, for the a, like it was a choice for Julia. Like I had decided, yep, she's got a squeaky voice. But that's just not the case. That's just your voice. <laughs> that's just my voice. And so I like to poke fun at fun at the reviews yeah, because yeah. if you're going to say something bad about me, I'm going to poke fun at it. Because yeah. that's the way to deal with them, I think. Yeah. Um, and 
I think a lot of the time um, newspapers or whatever send reviewers they might send the same reviewer to Shakespeare as they would to something like this and it's yeah. very different yeah. like choose choose your audience know who you're going to be yeah. who this might be for yeah. and this show is for people who just want to have a good time it's not serious of course yeah. it's not yeah, yeah. but it's fun just like Rock of Ages yeah, everyone loved exactly. it exactly yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Um, and yes, perhaps there are parts that parts of it that today would be seen as not appropriate, but that's a story and it's history and that's how it was. And mm. everyone in that show know knows what they're getting into. Like in Rock of Ages, the girls didn't wear very many clothes and they mm. were objectified apparently. But the girls on stage are having a lovely time. Yeah, they had no issue with it <laughs> at all. And they are they all chose to be there. At no point did they feel uncomfortable. So, no. so it's rubbish. Yeah, yeah. Um, but then, because because we had this whole conversation, and I'd seen you tweet that, and I, and I laughed about it about them saying that you'd adopted this high voice, which is actually just your normal voice. Mm -hmm. um, then I saw that Nick Winston, our the original director of this show, mm -hmm. um, he had tweeted a review today, which was a four star review. Yeah, a really good one. And I thought, oh, I don't, I don't read the reviews, but because we were having this whole conversation, I thought. I'm going to allow myself to have a little look at this. Right. <laughs> um, and I read through it. Very detailed review. Like, I, did, very... I, I saw that one, but I, didn't, I haven't read it you all haven't yet. Read it. It's a very detailed review <laughs> um, and sort of analysis of the piece, like yes. it's a Shakespeare piece. Which, yes. Um, but, I mean, it, they gave us a four-star review that they clearly enjoyed themselves. Mm -hmm. um, and in the review um, said... Uh, Rhiannon's like crystal clear like basically beautiful voice like could not have been more complimentary about, towards yeah. you and specifically about your voice yeah. so like that's the interesting thing is that like one guy can sit there and or girl who, like, yeah. who, whoever it was sit there and go oh I didn't like it she adopted this stupid squeaky high voice yeah. and the next reviewer has gone really enjoyed it especially Rhiannon's <laughs> crystal clear beautiful singing voice yeah, well. <laughs> and excellent acting so it's just a review is one person's opinion yeah. and I don't necessarily think it should be a person's opinion I th that might sound stupid it, of course they will have some of their opinion in it but I feel like a review is there to tell people what it's about and what to expect Yeah. And because someone's going to read it and be like do I want to see this and read this, this and this this mm. is the sort of show it is, yes I want to see that you don't need to know, for example I read one that commented on how your trousers broke that doesn't <laughs> yeah. matter yeah. these yeah. things happen and that Ooh. is in no way affected the show and it's just I don't know why they put it in there it's just silly yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, I don't know so I do read the reviews but I don't take them to heart I read them because I like to know what's being said even if it's bad because I won't take it personally I mean I haven't yet maybe in the future yeah. <laughs> yeah. I will read something and be like okay I don't want to read them anymore but at the moment I've never be. This is the biggest part I've played, and so I haven't had many reviews about me. I mean, I've had a few, mm. but I mean, in the past, um, I've played a supporting role, or if I've played the lead, it's because I've covered the lead. So I've rarely been reviewed. So mm. I've been interested just to see what people think. Yeah. Like, am I meant to be here? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> am I meant to be? <laughs> Who knows? <laughs> yeah. But I guess it's important for us just to remember like that our, how good we are isn't dependent on what that 
no. person says that was sat there, whose job is to come and critique the show. Yes. Like, because every like on that gala night, like it was a full stand innovation at the end, packed out theatre. Like, everyone had an amazing time, and mm. everyone who I spoke to afterwards. Like, they were just saying, oh, just loved it. I've had the best night. It was such yeah. a good show. Loving it, loving it, loving it. Um, and then, you know, one because they're not there with any agenda of, yes. like, critiquing it. They're just there for a night out, which mm-hmm. is what we're here for. Exactly. That's, that's, that's our job, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so they, they So we've served our purpose to give them a good night. Yep. But then the person whose job it is to try and make some sort of intelligent critique of the piece. Yes, I mean, that's just not necessary. (laughs) I mean, perhaps if it is some serious new writing and that is the point to critique the story and but that's not what this is. Mm. This is we're in a musical and this one happens to be a fun loving musical. Yeah, a fun rom-com. Yeah, like. it's just like the film. Like, yeah, it's for fun. You watch them for fun. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. And I saw, I saw one. Like again, I didn't read the review, but I saw one headline of one review that said something about like this was one of the bad ones. Obviously, I assume because because yeah. <laughs> by the headline, I assume it was one of the bad. Ones. And and said uh, Kevin Clifton needs to call his agent or something oh, yeah. to get him out of there. Said that um, had to. Had your um, loved ones been been held hostage? Is that what it said? Yeah, it said. Had you, why why are you doing this? Brilliant. Yep. Said had you love had you been tricked into it? I thought that was amusing. Wow. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Have and you then, been tricked, Kevin? No, I'm doing it because I absolutely love it. Um, and and then they'd they'd the same paper mm-hmm. um, had retweeted an earlier article like interview that they'd done with me mm-hmm. and then and then they put above it like a quote retweet Kevin Clifton in happier times and I just <laughs> thought I could not be happier yeah. than I am right now yeah. like at this point in my life doing this show like I'm so happy and it's like you know when people yeah, are just yeah. writing I'm thinking you're a moron you have no idea you've got no idea or no concept of anything mm-hmm. like uh, anyway. <laughs> anyway, well, I'm thrilled that you're happy. Yeah, oh, I'm so happy, yeah. Um, so, with you and your performing career, mm-hmm. um, what got you into it? Like, what, like, when did you start? How did you start? And uh, what I'm always interested in is, like, why did you start? Like, what attracted you to why did I start? Okay, show? So... And was it, like, always about acting and singing, or was it something else? Like, what, what was your... Well, believe believe it or not, I started ballet when I was five, and I did it all the way to I till I was about sixteen, and unfortunately, dancing is not my forte. Um, I was oh, I don't know. Then back your cards <laughs> at the end of the show. Pretty. I mean, <laughs> um, it was such a good foundation, and I'm so glad I did it. But I was never going to be like a dance to dancer. To be honest, when I was at home in Northern Ireland, I thought I was great. Yeah. Because. It's a small pool. Yeah. And, but then I came to college in London and realised that I had I looked like a dancer and I had the facility, but I have very little coordination. So it <laughs> takes me much longer to learn everything. <laughs> I'll get there eventually. So you, you wanted to be a dancer? Well, or, no, or is no, it no. just like, that's what you were doing? And that's just what I did right. first. Um, and I started um, classical singing lessons. Classical. Uh, they're in speech marks because mm. it, I, it wasn't like I studied opera or right. anything. Um when I was maybe about 10 or 11. And 
I had such a little quiet, sweet, sweet voice, yeah. and I didn't know what belting was. I didn't really know about. I'd been to see musicals, and mm. um, my mum and dad, and also my mum's friend Liz, uh, we used to go and see musicals all the time in Belfast. But we'd start off. We'd go and see ballets, and although it was very educational and lovely, they weren't for me. I was like, yeah. mm, I'm going to need one more of a story to some singing. So yeah, then yeah. I, I'm with you. I can't remember what what my first show was in Belfast because obviously at the Grand Opera House, so I would go and see all the touring productions, yeah. not all, but a lot of them. Um, but when I was ten, Liz and my mum, we came to London. Maybe that was my first musical. I have the worst memory. That was something. <laughs> um, but I went to see Cats. Uh-huh. And um, that was my first West End musical. That was mine as well. Was it? Yeah. <laughs> I saw it at the New London, which is now the Gillian Lynn Theatre. And um, I loved it. Though I had been up very early that morning, so I did fall asleep. Um, but I loved the bits that I saw. I got my programme signed by, by Old Deuteronomy in the interval and everything. <laughs> um, and I thought... Seeing cats, I was like, yeah, that's what I'm going to do. I'll do that because they mm. dance, but they're singing. They're, they're singing too. Mm. And at this point, I knew I could sing. Yeah. But I don't think, um, I had never shown anyone. Just on the inside, I was like, no, I think I could do that. But I, I was never like belting musical theatre songs until I was maybe six, 17, 18, mm. um, I think. But I, I was always part of choirs. I was a little choir girl and I, I went to Methody, which is um, a school in Belfast and they are well known for their choirs and I joined all of the choirs right. and I loved it. And so I grew up with the cor- with choral music and mm. singing that sort of stuff. Mm. Still not singing musical theatre things. But then when I got to about 18, um, I got a new singing teacher and I decided I was going to learn it's going to do musical theatre th- songs. I think that's what I'll do now. And um, <coughs> I found my voice, I guess. I realised that there's a s- school of thought that using your chest voice, mm-hmm. it's very old-fashioned, is bad, was okay. bad. And I had been taught that up until I was about 16, which is why I only I know now I only ever used thin folds, which is like sweet singing and like opera singers, I think, Maybe I'm wrong. Mostly use, maybe not opera singers, but like legit musicals, you use thin folds to sing. Right. And so that's... For anyone who's like, doesn't know about singing, do you want to like, oh, me? But... Uh, could you, do you want to uh, like Sorry, explain? complex. No, but like, the, even just the difference between like chest voice and head voice. And, yeah, well, and... like um, in Rock of Ages, when you're belting loudly, you'd use thicker f- folds. Uh-huh. I'm doing, you can't see because this is a podcast, but I'm using my hands. Yeah, put, so I'm putting her hands <laughs> like, like together, yeah, like, like, like the sides of, of her fingers. Like, yeah. yeah, or if you went to see a musical like Carousel, uh-huh. um, they would use thin folds. So okay. you, that's the way I could describe it. So you're right. either belting really loudly or you're singing sweetly and more classical-like. Right. I guess that's the best way to describe mm. it. And I'm sure if there are any singing teachers listening to this, they'll be like, oh, she doesn't know what she's uh. talking about. <laughs> but I, I know how to use my voice. I'm very, I'm not so great at describing <laughs> actual anatomy. Anyway, so up until I was about 16, I, I hadn't used my chest voice. I hadn't, so I never, I'd never sung musical theatre songs because I was always taught that chest voice was bad. And that's just rubbish. It's bad if you use, if you use it, if you're taught to use it badly. Right. And you can use 
this is really I'm sure it's quite boring no no this, this is this is really you interesting can, you can lose your voice if you are singing badly right and so I think that's what my first singing teacher meant and I I loved her at the time and we had such a great time but um so I had I wasn't introduced to my chest voice until I found it myself years later um and so I I think for like my A level or AS level I decided I was going to sing a musical theatre song which at my school was slightly unheard of like okay. people sang classical songs and German leader or whatever and obviously I had some of that too but I think I sang um, from Jekyll and Hyde Someone Like You Someone Like You Found Someone Like Me and I am um, and that was the first time anyone had ever heard me belt I guess and up until then I had always thought yep I'm going to do musical theatre but um, no one else well, my parents believed me. Yeah. They had faith, despite yeah. me not ever showing them that I could do it. <laughs> I said, yeah, I'm going to be in musicals, but I haven't shown anyone that I have the capabilities, but I know that I do. So I think I just had a confidence inside, quietly. I was like, yep, yeah, this is what I'll do. But I had never displayed it. But then I joined... Well, actually, rewinding. When I was about 11, I did um, Annie. was my first musical. Nice. Yep. It's a classic, and I was I played Molly. I was livid at the time that I wasn't Annie. <laughs> um, Brilliant. I was so livid. Already <laughs> gunning for that lead role. <laughs> livid, but I played Molly, and I made that my own, and I loved it. And I think that was the point where I thought, "Yep, I'm going to be in. I'm going to do musicals." Yeah. But so my parents had seen that, so they knew from that, I guess, that I was going to be in musicals. But at school, um, I would tell the teachers, yeah, I'm going to go to musical theatre college. They'd be like, all right, Rhiannon, okay. And then I did. I was like, no, I'm going to do it. And I joined a another um, amateur dramatics group called Fusion Theatre, and we did... My first show with them was The Pirates of Penzance, mm -hmm. which is a classical-type, yeah. um, more legit musical. And I was in the ensemble in that, and I just had the best time. And it was under the direction of Ian Milford, and he he was great. And we I learned so much about how to be in a show. And I was always in um, the school plays and things, mm. or school musicals. But we did we did Blood Brothers actually when I was in my um, last year at school, and I didn't get to play Linda. And that's another point in my life where I was absolutely livid. I wanted to play it so badly. <laughs> I'd remember I'd been talking to the drama teacher for years. I said, well, when I get into upper sixth, please can I, please can we do Blood Brothers? And she said, oh, we'll see. And then it came to upper sixth and we did it. And I didn't get Linda. <laughs> Got that rejection from day one. But you know, it's taught me lessons. Um, <laughs> but, um, I don't know, it's always been, it was always a hobby when yeah. I was growing up, and then I... And as a side note, were, yeah. you, were you a confident kid, like, just socially, like, were you a sort of confident, stagey kid, or were you one of those that was a bit more quiet, but then sort of came to life on stage, was it that for you? Or? Um, I wasn't quiet, but I wasn't that outgoing at the same time. Mm. I think I haven't, I don't think I've changed much, I think I'm okay. quite, it was quite how I am now. Yeah, okay. Like, I wasn't shy. Yeah. But I wasn't, I don't think you would have known I was a stagey kid. Yeah. However, if you're listening to this and I went to school with you and you're like, that's not true. <laughs> <laughs> of course you were. Um, I'm not really, not really sure about that one. <laughs> so I did my A-levels and everything and I, and my school, they, 
you have to fill in a UCAS form because you're going to university and all of that. And I was like, not doing that. I'm not going to university. I'm going to go to drama school. And they were like, no, Rhiannon, you have to have a backup plan. And I just, I was like, no, no, I don't. I'm going to be in musicals. And so I auditioned for all the colleges and not all the colleges. I auditioned for Arts Ed, Guildford, Lippa, um, Mountview. Mm-hmm. And I didn't get in anywhere oh. for the first time. And in my head, I was like, it's fine. I'll get in next time. <laughs> <laughs> That's good action to have. <laughs> and so for that year, I thought, well, I'll, I'll just get a job and then I'll be able to pay for to go to drama school. Right. Not true. Drama school costs an absolute fortune. And so that was never going to happen. <laughs> um, and so and my parents decided that that, that was not going to happen. I wasn't going to live at home and I wasn't going to get a job. I was going to carry on. And so my mum Googled and was looking for places to train and things. And... Um, like a small, like a one year course because mm. I knew that I wanted to go to London. Yeah. And she found um a place called the MGA. It was the MGA company then, it's now the MGA Academy. Mm-hmm. And they've got a wonderful big academy in Edinburgh now. Mm. And um it was affiliated with Dance for All Theatre School, which is a, a dance school in Edinburgh. Mm-hmm. And I auditioned for the dance course because this was still at the point when I didn't know I wasn't a dancer. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> and um, I knew I could sing, but this course was specifically a graduate course. Um, and so I wasn't a graduate. It was meant to be you'd done three years as a dance on a dance course or whatever, and then you wanted to do a crossover into musical theatre. So that's what this course was. But it happened to be the first year that this course was run. And I, um, but so I went and auditioned for it, and I met Murray Grant, who is the MG of the MGA company, okay. Academy. And, um, and he said, why don't you just come and do the, the graduate course? Hmm. And I thought, all right then, sure. So there were just a, there were only seven of us on the course, but it was amazing. I had the best year. And that's when I found out that I was not a dancer because we had to join in with the third years of the Dance for All Theatre School. I hadn't got, I hadn't got a clue. <laughs> I mean, I'd done ballet and so I knew all the um, terminology and stuff. But then in the tap class, I mean, actually I had done a bit of tap. So I kind of knew tap, but modern and things like that. And I just couldn't pick things up, but it just became a running joke and I had a lovely time anyway. <laughs> um, and so it was a course like constant dance and singing and yeah. acting lessons. Yeah. Yeah. And so, so cool. I did one year in Edinburgh with the MGA Academy and I've gone back there and taught, taught a bit, which has been lovely. Okay. Um, acting through song, not dance. Although I can dance, it just takes that little bit longer. <laughs> um, like I teach dance workshops now of shows I've been in, but that's because yeah. I know the choreography. Yeah, 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 um, yeah. Cause I can do it. It just, it's taken me a while to learn it. I'll yeah. never forget it now though. <laughs> um, that's probably not true actually. <laughs> but um, so I did that one year course. So I've rambled on about this. I hope you don't mind. No, um, no, this is, this is great, yeah. <laughs> so I did that one year course and then I auditioned again for Arts Ed. Mountview and Guildford. All the same ones. All the same ones. And I didn't get into Guildford or Mountview, but luckily I got into Arts Ed. So that's where I wanted to go, so I was absolutely thrilled. I should point out that at this point, I had cut off my hair and dyed it blonde. I had a really short bob, and I had never dyed my hair before. And so I thought I looked different. And I honestly think that helped. (laughs) Um, Yeah. Even though I've gone back to how how I looked, sort of. 
I've yeah, now got yeah, yeah. brownish blonde hair. But um, I got in this time. And obviously I'd had the training from that one year in Edinburgh. Mm. And so then I did three years at Arts Ed and I had the best time. Had the best time. Yeah. Um, after one year, I wasn't ready to go into the big bad world. I wanted to train for longer. So now I've got a degree in musical theatre. Who knew mm. you could get such a thing? Brilliant. <laughs> but it seems like you like you were quite sort of... Um... Like you were determined from from the, from the start, and and also like that first sort of batch of rejections, like that didn't no. that didn't stop you, like because it would some people it'd be like okay I better get a real job and like this dream might be dead for me and yeah but you just plowed I on. I think that's because I have such a supportive family mm. and they knew that I wanted to be a musicals and they did everything to, without being stagey parents, although there's nothing wrong with stagey parents, yeah, I yeah. probably will be one. Um, <laughs> they weren't stagey, but they were so supportive at every point along the way. Like I have three older brothers and everyone was just, I said I was going to be a musicals and they were like, yep, she is, that's what she's going to do. And they came and saw, they've came and seen everything that I've been in. Like my dad's got a list of everywhere that he's ever seen me in a show and it's just, it's so heartwarming. It's the most adorable <laughs> thing ever. Um, and so, I guess it's because of them. They always, I mean, I had great teachers along the way, but at no point did anyone say, you could be good at this. You mm. you can do this. Mm. I don't know where it came from. It must just be from having a supportive family that I, decide, I decided in myself or knew in myself that that's what I was going to do. But then obviously I've been to Arts Ed and then the doubt sets in because mm. they're, everyone there is amazing. And so once I got there, I was like, oh gosh, no, I'm, well, I'm not actually sure if I can. I still knew I wanted to do it, but you then realize that there are so many talented people out there. Yeah, yeah. And it's really a really hard industry. And a lot of people that I trained with don't do it anymore. And they're all still incredibly talented, but you have to deal with the downtimes. That's the hard bit. Mm, yeah, Being yeah. in the show is the easy part. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. yeah, that's the nice bit. Yeah, because I've done all sorts of jobs. Yeah. Like, as a, this is my first lead, and I hope that I will have more. Oh, I'm sure you will. Um, but I have worked my way up. Like, I started as a swing, which actually isn't working your way up because the swing, a swing is one of the hardest jobs. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I don't I, think I could cope with, with being a swing with the amount that they have to do. Well, it was kind of good for me to be a swing for my first job because mm. I didn't really know how hard it was going to be. So it was just like, so like, I was like young, yep, I can do that. No, you just, so yeah, naive. all right, I'll do that. And it was in, it was in, um, the Lion, the Witch and the Wardrobe and it was in Kensington Gardens in this big tent. It was purpose made and it was incredible and it was more sort of a spectacle play slash musical that had music in it but it wasn't that there weren't full on dance routines. I didn't need to swing the dance routines or anything. Mm -hmm. I did a little bit but it didn't matter so much. Um, but we did, we had, it had lots of puppetry in it and so we had a oh, dance okay. captain slash puppetry captain oh, cool. and that was a lady called Jane and she's incredible. She did the original War Horse and things. Oh, nice. But um, it was myself and a guy called Stuart and we were the only two swings and we joined the production after previews. So they'd learnt the show, they'd learnt so all the circus skills, flying, bungeeing, everything. And they were like, can you do this? I was like, yep. <laughs> no right, you, learn everything. <laughs> learn how to fly, learn how to bungee. I'd auditioned for it in like February and I got the job in June maybe, May or June. And I hadn't heard really 
in that time in between. And then I was in college one day and I got a phone call and said, can you come and start as a swing today? And so I left college that day. It was the craziest time of my life and I wept. I was so happy. But the audition, you had, it was like a fitness test because okay. I wanted, and obviously I was at college, so I was at the fittest I'd been. And you had to do like press ups and sit ups and everything. Oh and they needed to see how strong you were to learn how to do all these circus skills. And okay. they had weeks of rehearsals of learning how to bungee and fly and things. And so I just rock up and they're like, okay, so into this harness. I was like, right, okay. <laughs> and now it scares the crap out of me. Yeah. But, um, then At the time you'll just do anything. I would just do anything. And looking back, I did, bungeeing which is where you clip yourself into you've got harness on you clip yourself into one bungee and it flies out and then i had to like climb up a rope and then bun bounce across the stage now that is the skill oh, that is a skill that i 100 percent didn't have and so that was scary that was scary but it was all part of the fun yeah yeah <laughs> and that was my first job i can't remember the point or how i got onto this but that was my first job and it was this I started as a swing. Yeah. Oh, the point was, yeah, yeah, um, yeah. we had this amazing puppetry captain and dance captain, but on shows now, you'd have someone to cut the show and tell you what you're going to do. Yeah. If if there's a cut show, you do this bit of that person's track, this bit of that person's track, this yeah. bit of that person's track. Um, but there was no one really on that job to make those cuts. And so I was doing it. I mean... No dance captain skills, <laughs> no nothing. And so I was like, okay, so these two people are off, so I'll do that bit of her track, that bit of her track, that bit of her track. And I just thought that was the job. But looking back, that was 100% not my job. But, um, <laughs> but it was such a good skill that I learned yeah. on the job. And I guess my point is, I've learned all these skills because of being in the ensemble and being a swing. And, yeah. and so I feel, I feel like I'm ready now. I, like being a lead, I feel like I know what is involved from every yeah, department. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Yeah, because you can you can learn all the stuff in lessons. You know how to sing like this, or you know you can have acting lessons or or dancing lessons. But there's nothing like just being thrown in yeah. to a situation. But I, I, it's been similar for me, like in terms mm -hmm. of like. When I was doing Burn the Floor, I was very much at the back scene setting for a while and then sort of gradually worked my way through yeah. the company and strictly I was getting knocked back like a couple of years running, like mm -hmm. there's no interest. I went through the same process as you, like I cut my hair and, and yeah. you know, the next audition I looked completely different and yeah. then got on and, and, you know, and sort of went through it. And now with musicals, like my first musical, Dirty Dancing, I was like dancer number two, you yeah. know, <laughs> like just, just dancing my heart out, not, didn't have any lines. Yeah. Um, and then Rock of Ages was like a good part, but it was, mm -hmm. you know, it was on and off yeah. on stage and then now to a lead dinner. Mm. But I feel very much like I'm learning through being thrown into it a lot of the time, yeah. being around it and, and that's just a, saying yes. <laughs> yes. And that's a great way to learn it too. And I think it's, it's sometimes better to be thrown in. Like I was thrown in for the Lion, Witch and the Wardrobe and you're thrown in for this because then yeah. you, you're not you're not that scared. Yeah. So you just, just deal with any problems that come along yeah. and make it work. Yeah. And that's very much what this company is. Everyone, I feel I, in the nicest way, they've been around. Yeah. They could deal with everything, yeah. which not that there have been many problems, but everyone's very chilled, mm. which is lovely. Well, that's good advice for anyone who wants to to do it like to, to do what we're doing yeah. anyone's listening like don't over don't overthink that you have to like 
get everything perfect first to be good enough to then yeah you know because I've just throw yourself in exactly I've won the whole time I I don't want to say I blagged it because I trained and I knew what I was doing but like for example I was in hairspray and that is such a dancey show Mm. and I just had to keep up in rehearsals and it was it was a struggle but I knew I was there because I could cover the lead role and it was you just have to take every opportunity I know I've taken every opportunity that I've been Mm. given been lucky enough to to do but also I've been ready for the opportunities when they've come along Mm. state not Stacey Zoe said that I remember hearing her that on your podcast. She's <laughs> like, I hate it. I think she said this. She hates it when people say, oh, you're so lucky. Oh, yeah. It's like, you're not lucky. I've, it's the worst. We've worked, yeah. we've worked to get here. You just haven't seen yeah. how much we've there's, worked. There's no luck. In, well, look that you might be in the right place at a certain yes. time. But she made the point that, what is it she said? It was it was where like preparation meets, meets opportunity meets, yeah, yeah meets opportunity so you might be in the right place at the right time but if you're shit then you're not yeah. gonna get a job like, <laughs> yeah yeah so i'm so i wouldn't change my process or my journey mm. for um anything because i every everything that i've done has led me to where i am now yeah and who knows maybe nothing will come along for a while after this that's, but that's, Totally not going to happen. Well, you never know. You never know. Although I'm, I'm the lead in this show, I, it's a relatively short run. So unless people come and see it, I will still be unknown to a lot of people. Hmm. And that's, and I completely understand producers when they want to put people in shows that are well known. Hmm. You are a prime example. Hmm. We would not be selling nearly as many tickets if you weren't in it and so and you are keeping us all in a job so I understand why (laughs) (laughs) I understand why producers do it and I I'm fully on board and and it just happens to be that you are incredibly talented and able to do this cheers for saying that on my podcast (laughs) but it's true I wouldn't wouldn't say it if I didn't mean it often there's celebrity casting that is slightly unjust Mm, it's an interesting topic yeah but I, at the same time, I wouldn't be doing this job if you weren't doing it, hmm. because I don't necessarily know if I would have put it on. Hmm. I mean, I can't, I can't speak for everyone who's in that role of. Oh, I hate saying celebrity. I don't, I don't like saying I'm a celebrity. You, I mean, you, you are but, a celeb. You need to get used um, to that, Kevin. <laughs> <laughs> um, but in that sort of celeb casting, you know, someone's in it who's sort of got a bit of profile and mm-hmm. uh, a bit of a following, or. Uh, whatever I can't speak for everyone who's in that position but but for me like I almost feel like a pressure that comes with it Mm -hmm. for me like it's really important to me that people don't see me as just that you know what I mean like I don't want people to come to see Wedding Singer and Mm -hmm. and go oh well he got the job because he's on Strictly but he's not really capable of doing the job like I'd be devastated if if that was the case so that's why I'm, I'm really sort of like it's really important to me that I get this right and that, that I want to do the put the work in and, and listen to what yeah. I'm being told and you know like well, to, and people, figure it out. People couldn't accuse you of that because you're wonderful in this. And I should point out, Kevin arrived on day one and knew all his lines. I was like, oh, jeez, <laughs> I knew approximately zero lines on day one. <laughs> but what's what's normal for that? See, I'm I'm probably right now in my musical theatre career. Where you were on like Pirates of Penzance, <laughs> <laughs> just going in like naive to the whole thing and enjoying myself and thinking I'm really enjoying this. I'd like to do more of this. Yeah. Um, but with that comes like I don't know what all the norms are. 
So like I, I turned up on day one and everyone was walking around with their scripts in hand. Yeah. I thought like me coming in as celebrity casting Kevin from Strictly, if I don't know all my lines on day one, mm. I'm going to look like a fool in front of everyone. Well, so, well <laughs> so now I, you I know. Like, that now you know you don't have to do that. But it was, I'm sure it helped you. Like, I would yeah. have loved to have known my lines on day one, <laughs> but I didn't do that. It would, it makes, but it made me work harder too, because I wanted to learn my lines for you because you already knew them. I said, Kevin knows them, I'll have to, I'll have to learn mine. But it, it made it so much easier in the long run because hmm. when we were setting scenes, I'd learnt bits because you'd learnt bits. And so we were able to play more in rehearsals. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Although, but I do, I, I find it difficult to learn lines until I know where I'm standing in a scene. I like to know where I'm going to say the line, so yeah. I remember the line with the action. You associate it with something happened. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but it was only impressive. It was very impressive. We were well, all very <laughs> impressed. <laughs> but I did it when I. I think I've told this story on the podcast before. But when, um, when I first auditioned for a musical, I auditioned for Dirty Dancing in 2010, mm-hmm. and um, I when they said that they sent me a little bit of script and they said come in and read for this part. Now yeah. I didn't know, I was completely naive, I didn't know that that meant come in and read, literally read your script next to someone. Yeah. Just sit there next to someone and read. Mm-hmm. I thought, well, they're going to expect me to know this yeah. like, and, and put on a performance in mm-hmm. the room. So I like, I learned the whole thing, I came in, script on the floor, <laughs> and there was this poor girl was like sat down on a chair with a chair next to it for me yeah. but I was up I was walking around the room I was giving it everything I was putting on this big performance like saying on the lines I was grabbing hold of her I got her up out the seat <laughs> guiding her around the room and opening windows I was like I was all over the place and then the like the people that sat at the table that were auditioning me just went that was a very enthusiastic performance Kevin um should we do it again but just just read do, feel free to just take your script and just sit and, and read it with her. And I felt like such an idiot. Uh, well, I don't necessarily think that that's a bad thing. That's a bold choice and lots of people would have liked that. Yeah, it's okay. not. It's better than bringing nothing to the table. Yeah. So it wasn't yeah. necessarily a bad thing. But, but let's talk about auditions because yep. I sort of caught the tail end of something. In rehearsals, you were... You'd just come from an audition, or a few mm-hmm. of you had come from an audition, and... Which well, shall remain nameless. Which will remain nameless. Um, but do you want to um, talk about... We don't have to, but no, do you want to talk, talk about that? No, we can talk about it. Um, I've been around. I've, mm. I've done a million auditions, and yeah. I've been cut from a million auditions, mm. and I can cope with that. Yeah. What I can't cope with is being sent material that you then... that never sees the light of day. Mm. Um, I can... In... In auditions for musicals, further down the line, you'll get sent sheet music and you'll sent, get sent scripts. And sometimes you'll get sent loads. I've got another story I'll tell you after. Okay, yeah. Sometimes you'll get sent loads and you have to learn it and you spend time learning it. And me personally, if I don't know the song, I will pay someone to put down the, the piano track for me. And okay. often these days, you, the casting director will send the melody and a piano accompaniment so you don't have to spend your own money on it because okay. it's like £10 a song right? and so if you've got five songs that's £50 for one audition like yeah. people spend a lot on that and audition. exactly and 
a lot of people don't get many auditions and so you put everything into that and, mm. and to be a jobbing actor you have some people I know have five jobs all at the same time yeah, just to make ends meet and so you haven't got the time to sit and learn all this stuff but yeah. you make the time you stay up till 4am and yeah. you learn all of that material yeah and this is the bit that people don't see when they go oh they're so lucky that they got to be in that musical yeah, yeah you don't see the staying up till four in the morning and paying yeah. all this money and, exactly yeah. because this might be the one this might be your yeah. lucky that was, yeah. in, that was in inverted commas lucky, lucky break, break yeah. and so you spend the time and you spend the money and we are more than happy to do that I'm more than happy to stay up and learn that that yeah. is the job and I chose to do it yeah. but to then go into the audition because often you'll get asked to sing your own song as well to get into the audition and then to not hear any of the material that you spent money and time on is soul destroying like it is soul destroying and a couple of people that happened to on this job when we were yeah. rehearsing and I was trying to learn this show at the same time and yeah. so I couldn't have been angrier Kevin I was yeah, so yeah. gross um, and there's Twitter to see her about it it's there on her timeline somewhere and it's <laughs> and it's just a respect thing like have and there are so many casting directors out there and even this particular one is lovely and yeah. I have auditioned for them before and I hopefully maybe not but <laughs> hopefully will audition for them again but it's just having the respect for the people that come in the room and knowing the work that they've done to get there. So what did what so I did went, take place in the audition? So I sang my own song. Okay. And there is there are people that say, Oh well you knew your song better. Right. So they they heard that song and they decided they didn't want to hear the material they'd sent because it wasn't going any further. I understand that, but if you've sent material I will have one hundred percent more time spent more time working on that material rather than my own song which I've been singing for eight years yeah. um, and the song may not necessarily be perfect for the sh show choice whereas mm. the material you have sent is from the show why yeah, not just send that for a reason yeah why like, not just send that yeah and I know that time and money is short and mm. you can't always hear all of the material and I completely understand that but to hear none nothing is yeah. Very soul-destroying. Yeah, I guess they might as well just, if they're only going to have time to hear a little bit, it might as well be the bit that they've asked you to learn. Like, well, I they've think... They've sent that for a reason, I that think bit. That, I think that, and, and some people think, oh, but you've got to sing your own song, that's better, you know it better. I, to be honest, I knew the material better by the time I'd got in that room. Um, and it's rare that you'd get sent material for a first round. Mm. And so that's why everyone learnt it. They're like, oh, it must be a rush process. They'll hear it. They'll definitely hear it. And so we spent the time on it, but they didn't hear it. And it was... But it, yeah. maybe if, if they'd said, um, we've sent material, you may not get to do it, then at least you've got that forewarning. Yeah. It would still be annoying, yeah. but at least you haven't spent quite so much time on it or whatever. Yeah. So right. anyway... Yeah. yeah, it doesn't happen. It doesn't happen a lot, but but th that one was just particularly annoying because I mean I wanted the job too. Yeah. We all did. We don't go in if we don't want to yeah, do it. Yeah, yeah. It's interesting to me because I'm I'm not like a veteran of loads of auditions. Mm. I've done like a few. Yeah. Um, but it isn't. Yeah, it's interesting to me that that um, it's a case of uh, just do do your own thing, or or as opposed to we want to hear this from yeah this musical. Um, or why that why they wouldn't just do that because it's about playing that part because I guess like when I auditioned for Rock of Ages, they mm -hmm. sent me um, Dead or Alive. 
yeah. to sing. They wanted to hear me sing Dead or Alive mm-hmm. because that was the, the big song that Stacey Jacks, who I played, sings in the musical. Yeah. And they sent me a couple of scenes to learn mm-hmm. uh, from Rock of Ages. Um, and so I went in and, and I worked on that and sang that in the audition. Now that song, so, a song like Dead or Alive, mm-hmm. I'm, f- I'm figuring out as I sort of learn more and more about w- my capabilities. Yeah. Like a song like that sort of sits quite nicely for me mm-hmm. in terms of what my voice tends to do. Yeah. Um, a sort of belty rock song. Mm-hmm. Um, whereas like some, some songs are different for different people, like their, their strengths and weaknesses and whatever. If it's like a sort of soft soft ballad I need to work at that a little bit more about yeah. how to sort of place it and control it and all mm-hmm. of that sort of stuff where if, it, if it's a sort of belty rock song like that sits quite comfortable mm-hmm. um, for me so I guess if they'd have said to me we just want you to come in and sing your own song and at that stage not having that much experience of musical theatre and auditions yeah, I might have just come in with any random song, like I might have gone, right, um, okay, what song do I know? Um, Mr. Mistopheles from Cats, that's the first yeah. musical I saw. I might have come in and sung Mr. Yeah. Mistopheles for them, and then have gone, no, I don't think he's right for Stacey Jacks. Yeah, it's hard, it's hard because you know, <coughs> at college, if you train at college, you then you ha- you get a rep folder and you have certain songs that you learn, and right. you try to have one in every variety of musical. Yeah. Um, I know lots of people that sing two songs and if they want a ballad then they say we'll play this one slowly or if they want an up tempo <laughs> just make it a bit faster like, they just sing the same thing for everything but right. it is it is a skill trying to decide something that try and fits the show but you might not have in it or it might be a new musical and you don't know what it what it's going to be like or you might not have something in your rep that's particularly right for that show and so lots of people then would try and learn a new song which I would highly not re- not recommend I would not recommend um, because you only have like a day or two to prepare it and mm. they want to hear you at your best really they just want to hear if you can sing well and then they'll yeah. send the material <laughs> yeah. that's the normal process but oh the, my funny story is, oh, yeah. <laughs> so I auditioned for Hairspray that was my first big commercial musical um, and I went in, sang my song, I got cut, no, then I got, got through to the dance round, got cut, classic, um, <laughs> and that was it. I thought, no, well, I'm not going to be in Hairspray, fine. Um, some of my friends got the job and I didn't mind because I wasn't right for it, I couldn't do that. And then I got, um, months later, I got a phone call saying, could you come back in for Swing? which was to cover Penny and Amber in Hairspray. Now, swing is the hardest job and Hairspray yeah. is a very dancey show. There was no way I was going to be able to swing it. I might, I w- would be able to do it now, but back then I couldn't. But obviously I went in, didn't tell them I couldn't. Um, I went in and I did the Penny and Amber material and I did another dance call and I got through. And then the day before the final, um, I got an email from my agent. It just said, Tracy. I was like, Tracy? I wouldn't have necessarily put myself in that casting bracket. Um, but I was like, sure, fine. And I'm not joking you, I got sent, this was at 6pm, this is no exaggeration, 6pm before the next day when the audition was, I got sent 56 pages of material. 56 pages of material of all of the Tracy stuff. And I, luckily, iPads had just been invented because <laughs> I wasn't even going to be able to print all that. Um, and so 
you just have to laugh when things like that happen. And just, I was in my kitchen with my friend Matthew Rowland. We were talking about it the other day, actually. And luckily I knew that there wasn't time to get all those songs put down, but luckily I knew the soundtrack of Hairspray, right. so I gave it a strong guess. But so I went into the audition with my iPad. I remember David Grinrod saying, oh, that's new, <laughs> because not many people had seen <laughs> iPads yet, or certainly not brought them into auditions. Yeah. We didn't, didn't know if that was allowed, but <coughs> it was the only option I had at that point. But I was literally reading it right off the page, like, good morning, turn the page, Baltimore. <laughs> like, <laughs> it was all, I just had to do the best that you could. So, so a lot of the time people will learn material like inside out, back to front. Mm. But a lot, a lot of other directors would like you just to know it a little bit, and then they'll direct it in the room. So every audition's different. Yeah. You just have to go in, and try and be yourself. And one thing I will say is that rep, rep, reputation precedes you, precedes mm. you, Proce precedes you, precedes you. Yeah. yeah. Like if you are known to be nice to work with, then yeah. you've already got one up. That's a really good point. Mm. Yeah, I, yeah, no, I agree with that. I, yeah. I think that goes a long way. Like, mm. I, I, I know of one one example of someone. I won't say who, but like, um, who, they have been a part of Strictly in some capacity, and um, then they were after doing a musical, mm -hmm. and the producers were sort of interested in them because of the, the profile of them and whatever, yep. and they called Strictly. Mm -hmm. Or someone who worked for Strictly oh, and and said, "What are they like? Mm -hmm. You know, to work with because we're interested in potentially having them." And yeah, um, and that person happened to say, "And this is just <laughs> this, this is no affiliation with Strictly. It's not like Strictly said this. It wasn't the BBC. It's just someone who used to work yeah. on the show in some capacity said to them, they mm. were a nightmare. Oh, and they they weren't very nice to me." Oh dear. And that person didn't get the job because of that. People because they hadn't been nice to that person or something. Yeah, people just want to work with people who are nice and hardworking. Yeah, yeah. And if, and that can do the job. Yeah, just work hard and be nice. Just work hard and be nice. That's, that's, the, that's the best advice, isn't it? Just, yeah. just do your best, work hard and be nice. Yeah. And every audition, every opportunity like, is different. You just never know. Exactly, and just drink more water than you could ever imagine. That is, <laughs> that is basically just being, <laughs> being an actor. Yeah, yeah, basically, yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and just because we always, I don't even know what time it is or how long, how long we've gone. Oh, over an hour. Um, oh, it's gone so fast. I've yeah. had such a lovely time. Yeah, yeah. Have you got anything else here? Um, just because I mean, it always comes up. Because yeah. um, I end up talking terribly about it. Do you, like, as a performer, do you ever get, like, anxiety? Like, what are you like in terms of nerves before a show or going into an audition? Or are you someone who gets a lot of anxiety, because a lot of performers do, or are you very calm about it? Like, um, I, I do, but I, I wouldn't necessarily say it affects me that much. Mm. Um, particularly on this show, it's yeah. been the least anxious I've ever felt on a show. I feel that too. And I firmly put that down to Ryan Lee Seeger. Yeah. Because we felt we were so prepared before we even got into the theatre. Yeah. And I guess that's the key. If you're prepared, then yeah. you yeah. and you know that you know everything, then... Um, yeah, being prepared you, definitely yeah, eliminates a lot of stress. You get that nervous. But um, I've done a couple of plays and... Like straight acting plays? Yeah. Yeah, okay. I did a play called... This is good, can't remember the name. <laughs> I've done two plays. One was called The Fox on the Fairway, 
and the other one was lend me a tenner <laughs> and they were both farces they were funny I loved them and if you're anxious for me to be funny you have to just re be relaxed and cool mm. and let the jokes land mm. but if you're anxious anxious you will try and push it forward Chase and you, the joke. yeah yeah and so being anxious in that in those plays was not helpful mm. um because you you want the jokes to land and I'd say I was most nervous doing those plays I loved them yeah and would love to do more because I, I love farces I love anything funny mm. um but I there's nothing to save you. At no point is the music going to come in and you get to sing a song. <laughs> that's not some... And that's, I guess, where I feel safest. Like, okay. I love acting and it, I, I've definitely grown as an actress since I did those plays. They were a few years ago now. Yeah. Um, I was so nervous doing those. Every day I would want to run a scene before, not, not the whole show, obviously, but I would be like, I'd go up to someone in the cast and be like, can we run this scene? It must have been so annoying. But um, I was anxious in those. Mostly, I I was sure that I was, I knew that the show was good and I knew I was doing it right. But I'd say I was I was very nervous in those because there's, there's no songs, there's no singing, the music doesn't come in. If you forget your words, there's no one there to help you. <laughs> um, but... I wouldn't necessarily say that I suffer badly from it, but as I've got older, I've definitely noticed it more. Mm. Like I'll be on stage and be like, they didn't think it, they, mm, they didn't laugh at that. I wonder why they didn't laugh at that. Mm. Rihanna, you're still on the scene. Pay attention. <laughs> yeah, snap back <laughs> yeah. into the present. <laughs> yeah, I wonder why they're not laughing today. Maybe they just didn't fancy it. Or maybe they've had a busy day. Maybe they're tired. Rihanna, pay attention. You're in the scene. And so I've definitely noticed as I've got older that I'm more aware of myself, which I guess just comes with age and experience. Mm. But... I try not to let it affect me. Yeah, yeah. But in the scenes where there are no songs, it's a bit scarier. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I, I love it. Hopefully I'll get to do another play. Those two plays were at Vienna's English Theatre in Austria. Oh, okay, cool. And I loved them, but they were in Austria. So not many people got to, not many people here got to see them. Right, right, right. And right, right. so I'd love to do a play here. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sure you will. Well, Soon. we'll see. We'll see. <laughs> uh, one time I was, I guess it's not really anxious, it was like full-blown terror. I um, <laughs> I covered Maureen in Mrs. Henderson Presents, which okay. was a Western musical. Yeah. And um, we hadn't had a lot of cover rehearsals, like maybe one. Um, and I knew the lines, but I didn't know the blocking. We weren't allowed a video of the show because all the girls were naked in it. Often you don't. Oh, often you don't get given a video of the show anyway because yeah. the resident director will want to teach you it, and so yeah. you're not just copying, yeah, which you completely yeah, yeah. get. Yeah. But a lot of the time you might get given a video of the show, but we weren't in Mrs. Henderson because the girls were naked, which is completely understandable. Yeah. And so I, we hadn't done the rehearsals, and I was in pretty much every scene as the girl that I covered, which was Emma Williams. And so I couldn't really watch her because I was already in the scene. And so um, she got, she was sick one time and the next day was a matinee and I had to go in. I found out the day before, which was our day off, which was a Tuesday, found out that I was going on on the Wednesday for the matinee. <laughs> and we'd had one, one, one and a half rehearsals. I knew the I knew the blocking of the opening number, and I knew the words, and I knew the songs. But we'd never, we'd never run them. Um, 
And so I got called on the Tuesday and I then got sent a video and said, you're going on tomorrow. I came, I had to go in on Tuesday night to learn the fan dance, which is where Maureen is completely naked and there are fan dancers around her with big fans. And so that's not something you can blag. If you don't know that you're just dancing naked on stage and nobody wants that. And because the musical was very tasteful. Mm. Anytime anyone was naked, it was a statue and it, there was beautiful lighting and stuff. Right, it it right, wasn't seedy. And so I went in to learn the fan dance and I had expected that we would at least maybe try and run something that evening. And instead what I got was, here's the video, I'll see you tomorrow. I was like, oh my God. So I went home weeping because I'd never been a leading lady to that. Mm. I'd done Hairspray, but there are so many people on the stage and it was a very different show. And so I didn't feel, and we'd had a lot of rehearsal for Hairspray, but I'd never been in the West, I'd never been a West End leading lady. It was all new to me. And I was about to go home and learn the whole show from a video. So I went home that night and thankfully my housemates, um, Maeve Byrne and my best friend Jenny O'Leary came over and then Evan James, I think he was in the Book of Mormon at the time. We were all in my living room. We moved the coffee table out of the way, we put the video on the TV and Maeve was there writing out a track for me and I literally learnt it the night before about where she moves. And so the next day I went in and I was crying but I was fine. I knew I was fine but I couldn't control my tears. <laughs> and the producers were all sat in the stalls. We had all been called really early in the morning, they were all sat in the stalls because they didn't know whether the show was going to happen. They knew I hadn't had any rehearsals either. and so. I, they didn't know if the show was going to be cancelled and so we were running bits and I was weeping and I was like, don't worry, I've got this, it's fine, I, <laughs> it might look like I'm not okay but this is terror but it's fine. And the MD said, do you want to run any of the songs? I've never sung any of the songs oh, um, and I said, it's okay Mike, I know them. <laughs> and thankfully, it was with the most wonderful Tracy Bennett who was, she played Mrs. Henderson uh -huh. and she she's an absolute true star and anytime I was on stage with her I knew it was going to be fine. Right. There was at one point, I've, I remembered everything for the first show then in the second show I forgot one line and it was a cue line for a song and <laughs> Tracy turned to me and she said, what do you think Maureen? And I was like in my head I thought I know that it's me Tracy but I don't know what the line <laughs> is and so she just turned to me and she was like, well, I think, <laughs> and, and she just made, made up a line. So that wasn't so much anxiety as blind terror, yeah. but it was fine in the end. And it's nothing will ever be as scary as that ever, ever. Like people, oh, God. people will say, oh. oh, were you not scared of getting naked on, on the stage? And I was like, no, the naked bit was easy. I could, take, I could take my clothes off. It was remembering everything that was scary. And if anything, the naked nakedness was liberating. It was fun. Okay. It was pretty fun. <laughs> and it was all tasteful. It was, Yeah. I would be on, because my own track was naked at one bit as well. Um, they, I'd be on stage scared that I'd forgotten to take something off. Like right. I was there, like, anyway, I loved that show. It was a struggle because there was a lot of tap. And um, as we've been through, dance isn't a strong point. Um, so that, wow. that was hard, but blind terror. Wow. <laughs> but these are the struggles that actors and singers have to go through yeah, next yeah. time someone goes, calls them lucky. Yes, it's true. <laughs> yeah. I definitely feel like I've paid my dues and worked definitely. my way up. Well, but you're still on you your way up. You never know what's gonna happen next. We'll, yeah. we'll see.
Well, just keep being nice and drink water. That's it. That's it. That's that's the key takeaway. Drink water. <laughs> be nice. Keep working hard. Yep. Every opportunity is different, and so just because one doesn't go your way, the next Absolutely. one might. Like, don't just... worry about those knockbacks. I didn't play Linda and Blood Brothers at school. I didn't play Annie when I was eleven. But here we are. Now I'm only doing Lady in the lead show, so. of the wedding singer, <laughs> and yeah, star of the show. Oh, so, I mean, you're the star of the show, Kev. Nah, you're not the star of the show, really. <laughs> <laughs> I'm learning every day from you. Um, but this has been so, so lovely. Yeah, Rhiannon, Rhiannon, Ri, Rio. <laughs> um, thanks for coming on the podcast. Thanks um, for having me. I've had been the best time. I was and worried that I wouldn't have much to say, but I've no, rambled it's been on. brilliant. You've been had loads to say. It's been amazing. <laughs> um, yeah, and for anyone who hasn't come to see us yet or didn't catch um, Rhiannon in any of the things she's been in so far, <laughs> make sure you come and see her in the wedding scene because she's brilliant. Oh, thank you. Thanks, Ri. Thank you. Bye.